0: Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and this week I am joined by just one very cool co-host.
1: Laura Nash. Hello.
0: Hello, Laura. And this is the first episode of our coverage of IF Comp 2020.
1: Happy fall, y'all.
0: Yeah, happy fall. Uh, IF Comp uh, so this is just our sort of inaugural episode for coverage. If you haven't been with us through IF Comps in the past, or if you're not familiar with IF Comp, uh, first of all, this episode is mostly going to serve as sort of an introduction to the comp and just a brief intro to how we're going to be covering IF Comp this year. And it's going to be a little different from years past. Our format is changing for a few reasons, um, in ways that I'm very excited about. Uh, but I'll first say that uh, we are down a couple folks here. Nate. I hope you're having a wonderful time uh, taking care of your young one. Congratulations again.
1: Yes, congrats.
0: Yes, and uh, Shane couldn't be here this week, so it's just me and Laura, but we're giving just a brief intro to the comp, and next week we're going to be back with our full coverage, which is going to be very exciting. But just to kick things off, uh, Laura, uh, for folks who haven't been with us for IF Comp before or aren't familiar with the comp, could you give a little bit of a background on it?
1: Sure. So. Comp is a competition of interactive fiction, that's what it stands for, and it's a yearly event where people uh, can submit a work, the only rules it has to be uh, free, available, and uh, a premiere work, it can't have been published before, and uh, once you enter into the competition, uh, it runs for, uh, you know, normally about a month, actually this month, this year it's going to run until November 29th, which is very generous. And I think that's because there are 104 games entered. So every year we cover <laughs> IF Cobb, we spend the first episode going, oh, my God, so many games. I think the first year we were like, oh, my God, 70 games. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's, oh, my God, 104. Um, but it's, it's a really great spot to um, see what... Uh, is coming in the future. I think someone made the joke, like, I can't wait to play Comp and find out what games will be like in 2030. <laughs> because it's a place to be experimental. It's a, a place to be weird. It's also a place to do, you know, um, very small games, very big games. There's a huge amount of variety. Uh, and that's one of the things I like about uh, I have Comp. Not only is it in the fall, when I want to stay inside and read. But it gives me a chance to seek out variety in a genre that um, that you can really experiment when it's just words and maybe a little music and maybe a little uh, animation or art. Um, People get very creative and it's always wild to see what happens.
0: Yeah. And uh, a few other notes about the comp. Uh, So first of all, Laura mentioned it's been going a long time. This competition is a, you know, it's the biggest thing on the interactive fiction calendar every year. And it has been for, this is its 26th year, the 26th year of the comp. It started in 1995. Uh, And that's wild, right?
1: Is it our fifth or sixth year of covering it? We've been doing it almost since we started the podcast. I'm pretty sure
0: this is our sixth year covering the comp, which is mm-hmm. wild to me. We've been doing this a long time. Um, but I've I've been a fan of IF comp since I was literally like a child. Like there was a time when I was very young where, you know, the only, I had a, a terrible computer. Um, I couldn't play most games on it, but I could play interactive fiction. And I found out about this thing where I could get games for free on the internet. And I was in, and I've been following IF comp, pretty much my entire life, which is kind of wild, right? Um, And every year I see something in it that I absolutely love. And so uh, this year is very exciting. We've got 104 games to play. Um, we are sh- uh, shuffling up our format a little bit we're gonna so we usually do a four person round table panel where we each bring games to the table that we've checked out from the comp and try to discuss and and uh, and talk about what we like and what's interesting in the comp this year and that's staying pretty much the same
1: but this year' is a little different for some of our hosts you know life gets in the way and uh, we've got some new parents on the podcast so we are going to be supplementing with other people who are in the interactive fiction community. So we uh, don't worry uh, people who want to have uh, ethics and in interactive fiction rating. We are not bringing on people who are current authors or, you know, but we are bringing a lot of people who have submitted in the past, people who are active. Um, and we're really excited to uh, bring people who are um, you know, a little bit involved in the making as well as just the reviewing and the You know, added fandom like we are.
0: So it's still going to be our standard approach, but we're adding guests and we're also kind of stretching things out a little bit longer with the comp now going two weeks longer than before. Uh, So the schedule of things is going to be a little bit more shuffled, um, but I'm still very excited to bring this stuff to you. I'm excited to dive into the comp. So,
1: yeah. And just one more thing before we get started. Uh, One important thing about IF Comp that makes it special is uh, it's not a uh, panel of judges from on high. If you play five games and rate them, you are a judge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't usually give our uh, rating score on the podcast as we judge. I mean, if you, people want to, we're not going to stop them. But generally, we talk about what we liked and didn't like about each game. We we give our kind of overview of why we think it's worth checking out and who it's for. Um, and we rate every year. I think the most exciting thing we found is that like we love having people play enough games to be a judge themselves. We really encourage you to play along, find games you like, rate them. Um, every rating helps the authors and it's it's all for fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the comp is, you know, the comp is a big deal, but the number of people that rate any individual game is, you know, not enormous. This is a uh, this is a thing where, you know, if you play something and you like it and you give it a good rating, that means a lot to that author. Uh, so it's really important to do that.
1: Yeah. And this year they even added a feedback box right by the rating. So you can type a little note for the author right there. And it's anonymous, which I think is a really nice addition.
0: Yeah. The, the website just continues to get better and better. The, um, interactive fiction technology foundation. I hope I got that name right. That oversees the comp now, uh, did, uh, has been continuing to tweak and refine the experience of, uh, of participating in the comp. And it's always, it's better every year, so it's really a nice experience. You just log into the website and you get your nice little personalized uh, ballot where it lists all of the games. You can read the descriptions, you get information about the games, things like how long is this game and some of the themes and things like that. so you get an idea of what you're jumping into if you're trying to select something to play and right there next to the game, you can put in your rating as you're playing if you want or you know hopefully like right after the the other thing about this is you're supposed to play each game for the uh, either to completion or put in your rating at two hours. So if you're playing a game, that's going to take longer than two hours to play. Um, the main idea with this is you're supposed to give your rating at about two hours. If the game is longer than two hours. Um, and that's sort of the, the standard by which people are kind of, uh, kind of judging things.
1: Yeah. And we've played a lot of, uh, interactive fiction games in the past. Um, We will try when we introduce a game to give a quick overview of the type of game, that kind of thing. So if you're brand new, we won't leave you two in the dark. But I will say that the site has a lot of great explainers if you are new to, uh, you know, a partial game, which I'll explain later, or if you're new to Twine or things like that. So even if we use words you don't understand, uh, don't let that stop you from trying a game. And I'll also say um, the site has 104 games. Uh, Listen to the site when it gives you a random shuffle or a personal shuffle. And don't do it alphabetically because no. a lot of games. Um, there's a huge thing every year where the games that start with like A or B have a ton more ratings than games low in the alphabet. So um, even if you are the most order monkey person in the universe, uh, try to embrace that shuffle.
0: Um, yeah, really no one happen. is playing well, I mean, sure somebody is, but pretty much no one plays all 104 games, right? So don't feel like you have to start at the top and work your way down or you're not being fair to anybody. That's not really how this is meant to work. As a crowd, uh, it sort of averages out. Play what jumps off the list to you. Uh play in, you know, whatever order you feel you want to and you're still doing it right, don't worry. Um, a couple of things about the way that we approach this. Uh so if we cover something on the show, that does not mean, you know, the things that we cover on the show are not the best things in the comp. We are not checking out every single thing in the comp and deciding to only talk about the very best of the best. There's probably stuff in every comp that we would have absolutely loved if we had checked it out and we didn't have time or whatever. So um, another important part of that is we want to know what those things are. Uh, so if you play something in the comp that you think is particularly good or interesting or fun or whatever, you have thoughts about it. We want to hear about them. So a good way to get in touch with us would be uh, you can let us know what you're playing in the comp on Twitter. You can at us at underscore short game. We love to hear about that stuff because it helps us plan our coverage. You know, I want to hear what people are interested in and playing it playing and and what they want to hear about. So um, even if you just say, hey, this game looks neat, but I don't haven't had time to check it out yet. Maybe mention it to us and we'll try to make sure it gets onto our list. And also, of course, you can let us know that stuff in our discord. Uh, So if we if you didn't catch it at the top of the show, uh, the short game is supported by our listeners on Patreon. And we really appreciate our support there. Uh, And every listener who supports us on Patreon gets instant access to our Discord, which is where we talk about the show, uh, talk about the games that we're playing for the show. The the conversations that happen on this show kind of start in our Discord. And IF Comp is a particularly great time to jump into that because we're talking about a lot of games. And so, you know, we love to hear community feedback during if comp, it really helps us out. Um, So join us there if you can.
1: Yes. And I, one of the games I'm going to be covering today is very puzzle centric. So I've already offered to the discord, like, Hey, if you guys are stuck on puzzles, if I solved it, it didn't solve all of them. I'm glad to be your hint helper.
0: Yes. That's actually really, really helpful during the comp. Uh, So all of that aside, uh, let's talk about a few actual games that we play. Now, this is just a very quick hit uh, first sampler, uh, you know, way, a little behind the scenes stuff. The the games for the comp came out on the first. Today is the third. Uh, we haven't had a ton of time uh, with the games of the comp yet, but just because of the way that the, uh, the schedule of the show works out, you know, we tend to record on Fridays or Saturdays. The show comes out on Mondays. We just didn't have very much time with these games yet, so we are just going to talk about the first handful of things that we've had time to take a look at, uh, and we're going to be getting into the meat of our coverage uh, with our next IF Comp episode, which should be next week, uh, assuming our schedule doesn't get shuffled. So, I can go ahead and start, uh, Laura? Yep, go yeah. ahead. Okay, so the... The very first game I played, uh, this was just because I, you know, I hit the personal shuffle. By the way, just in case that's not clear, that's a really nice feature that the IF Comp website has where if you, you can set the, the games to shuffle in any order, you can set them to alphabetize, or you can hit personal shuffle. And the nice thing about that is that it, it shuffles them into a random order, but then it keeps that order the same whenever you go back to the website later. Uh, and I use that a lot because it, you know, it, it helps to, do a random order for the games, but kind of remember where you are in that list, if that makes sense. Um, so I like that a lot. Anyway, I did my personal shuffle and the very first game on my personal shuffle was a game called Move On by Serhi- I'm Apologies in advance for butchering your name. Uh, we Sarah, will butcher
1: everyone's name. We
0: always not, do. We're really... You there's know,
1: no pronunciation guides. But yes. Please, and
0: this is a try. very international comp. So, you know, the games are, uh, I believe, have to be in English, um, but it, it's a very international comp. And so we often have difficulty with names and apologies in advance. Uh, so Serhii Mozhaiskiy. He's an author that uh, so I, I had to double check because I didn't remember his name, but uh, he's an author that's written something for the comp before that I really, really liked and admired. Uh, that was IAG Alpha. Um I believe that was a couple of years ago. I don't remember off the top of my head exactly when IAG Alpha was in the comp. Do you remember that game, Laura?
1: I don't believe I played that one
0: it's It's been a while so I may not do it justice with a with a off the dome description. Um, it was a very meta game uh it it took place. Uh, at a uh, post-soviet research institute and uh, it was it was very very meta uh, I, I'm trying to recall the details but basically it was, uh, it was a game where you it had a sort of self-awareness of being a game uh, and some of the puzzles especially towards the end were like very meta like dealing with your own actions in the game I, I, I I'm, I'm not gonna do it justice by describing it now but I remember thinking it was just really really clever and, and cool so anyway, uh, this was another game by that same uh, creator, and I was pretty excited to play it. Um, and I think I'm, I so I, I want to say right out the front here that I am going to come back to this game uh, because I think it's it's really neat, and I couldn't figure it out yet. Um, it's a it's a chase game. It's a it's sort of an escape. You're trying to escape a some kind of facility with a mysterious briefcase. Um, the game. It, it's very mobile friendly. So it kind of has like a, a text scroll. I played it on my phone it has a text scroll and a button at the bottom of the screen that says move on, hence the title. Um, and so it it looks like a choice script game or something like that. It looks like you're, uh, you're, you know, looks like you're playing through like a CYOA type of uh, adventure, mm-hmm. but you only ever have this one option, move on. Um, and you're uh, you're trying You're trying to escape with your life. You're trying to make it to the airport with your briefcase to, to escape to wherever you're going. Uh, so it's this very fast-paced chase sequence, and you're just hitting move on. You don't have a choice of options. Um, the first time I played through it, I got quite a ways into the game, I thought. I'm not exactly sure how far I got. Uh, but when I tried it again, at some point, I think I hit a truck or something. Like You get on a motorcycle, and then I got into a car wreck and died, and I had to start over. Um, and afterwards trying it again and again, I could never even get quite as far as I got with the first time through you are, um, I'm pretty sure it's doing something with timing. There is a very small icon of a car, like an animated car at the top of the screen that proceeds across the screen as you're playing this game. And it's feeding you texts saying like, Oh, you're escaping the, the, the building you're, you're getting on a motorcycle, you're driving through traffic and so on, um, describing the events of this chase sequence. And uh, uh, and as you're doing that, that little car is progressing across the screen and, and eventually sometimes it will stop. Mm-hmm. I, I thought at first like, oh, I just need to hit the button to move on when the car stops moving or maybe before it stops moving. Or something to do with the timing, and I couldn't quite figure it out. Pretty much nothing I've been trying with it quite could could, could make me get very far into the chase. I don't know how to I don't know how to escape, um, and it's such limited input. You know the, the way they say it in the description: you're trying to escape with a mysterious briefcase, but your options are limited. Can you survive the chase? And it's like, no, no, I, right now I can't. I can't survive <laughs> the chase. But I like that op- Your options are limited, and your options is literally you just have one button that says move on. I. I am dying to figure out what the trick is to this I mean, game.
1: there always seem to be some games in I have comp where like the it's frog fractions like you need to figure out you need to go down <laughs> to start the game. Like I'm there's, sure there's something there's like that. There's like, something
0: that I've missed that, like that is it's, yeah. It's, it's
1: like you do this and it's like this is what the game says it is on the tin and then you find out it's in space. Like there's that's it's frustrating when you don't see that. Um but it, yeah. hopefully someone will um uh, be able to subtly hint you and tell you how to move on so that we can uh, experience the full game
0: so that I can move on yeah please let me know how to move on uh i re will, i really really want to know what the trick is to this thing um and uh you know i didn't i didn't spend enough time on it to just like i wasn't once I realized like, okay, I don't, I don't get this. I need to, I I needed to move on and play some other things, but I'm a hundred percent planning to go back and bang my head against it a little bit longer. Uh, because I'm so desperately curious about like, what is the trick to this thing? How does it work? Um, so if you know listeners, uh, please go ahead and tell me, (laughs) I would really appreciate it. Um, but Laura, what did you play?
1: Well, um, one of the games I played today, um, it's, It's autumn in New York, it's kind of in the 60s, I was wearing a nice cozy robe, and I was like, it is time to play this game Kanji, because when I was um, Mm. a little behind the scenes, to get ready for this every year, we we make a spreadsheet of all the games, and we put all the names and authors and titles, and who's interested in playing it, and that kind of thing, and links, and um, I pasted in Kanji, and not only was the description exciting, but the first adjective they chose was cozy, it's cozy, fifteen minutes or less, choice based, and um, that seemed like catnip right now. Like <laughs> um, the description uh, that the author—it's uh, either Becky or Bessie, B E C C I—but their description is a short story about food, belonging, and seeking home. Text your friend, call your mom, and search for kanji on this rainy night. Um, should be mum actually it's set in the UK um this game is really atmospheric so the first thing that happens when you load it is um uh it's clearly done in twine I see the kind of um you know big curved arrows of twine so I know what it's built in but uh there's a beautiful like there's music and there's a rain soundtrack to it uh, you open this black browser. the first thing you get is the definition of what kanji is with a picture so there 's this bowl of you know hot uh, like porridge, <laughs> and it says you know you know it describes what this dish is in Chinese cooking um, and it specifically says that it 's a meal often served on its own, especially for those who are feeling unwell. Start so you know going in you 've got this rain going music um, really sparse look but also a picture uh and the whole game is that you are having kind of a bad night you don't feel well um you can kind of choose what you are sick with like if it's a fever if you're just like got lethargy or if you think you're dying like you can choose how sick you feel kind of in the game um and but you just feel crappy uh, and the rain is pouring outside. You can choose if you're like going to kick the blanket off, curl up in a ball, kind of how you're going to react. Uh, and you start seeing these kind of s- some sketch animations of like you know the window with rain animating behind it. Um, it's not distracting. It's not like a visual novel. It's just kind of accompanying the text side by side. This is one of the games that I think is best done on a desktop or tablet because of that, because I think if you're doing this on mobile, you're going to miss some of the extras that um, they've added. But you are sick, and you call your mom, and you remember your mom's in Hong Kong, and there's a mm. big time difference, and you miss the call. And you text your friend, and it actually turns into text bubbles going back and forth. Um, and it, it's there. Some of the options are really funny. Like you type your first thing is. Uh, you can choose between typing, I'm not being melodramatic, but I think death is near, or the body is but a weak vessel, or I need a very distracting Netflix recommendation. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's, it's not like, you know, for a cozy kind of homesick, uh, you know, not feeling well, it's definitely knows like you, you've got a sense of humor. Um, but yeah, you get to text back and forth with your friend and, and you realize like you're really just, you miss kanji, a thing you ate when you were sick growing up when you were in Hong Kong before you moved to the UK. So you try to order it. It doesn't work out. And like, it's just kind of like the whole, I won't spoil it. It's 15 minutes and I've told half the plot, but the whole thing is about this atmosphere of like, I want this specific thing because it will make me feel better. It's not available. Can I talk to someone for that feeling? Can I like order something? Can I mix it? Like, how can I get, you know, so I feel better when I'm sick. Um, and the thing that I think really elevates it is it's a simple story told well, and they use a combination of illustrations, kind of those sketch animations, um, you know, pictures, the food and the sound to really kind of take you into a different place. So um, I always like these kind of atmospheric mood pieces, for lack of a mm-hmm. word, because honestly, like I love a super complex to our story in the comp. Go- but these 15-minute pieces really feel like, you know, a, it's like a perfect little short story. Someone's done something very well, very small, and honestly cozy. Like, it's, it's fun to have a cozy piece that isn't just like, you know, feels like a meditation video. Like, she's homesick. Like, it actually is a, a, a bad feeling that they're dealing with, but it, it, you do feel in very safe hands as you play this game. And it's only, it's under 15 minutes. I think it's more like 10. So the, my only little tiny thinking thing is at the end of the game, I wish that uh, it said the end instead of reset because I wanted to just kind of sit and listen to the music for a while um, while it wrapped up. Uh, but really it's one of the kinds of games that I always love discovering. Usually the, usually they're involving like, witches or a ritual sacrifice, but this year it involves kanji and feeling sick at home. So, uh, it's just what I wanted today.
0: That's awesome. I, I really like those sorts of sort of, um, uh, you know, tone pieces in the comp too. And that's also just something that you don't see in other types of games. Interactive fiction really kind of does that like no other. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah. And the sketches are really quite adorable and add uh, a lot to it. Like, you know, she'll mention that she liked snack food and then there's like a little sketch of like, you know, little dumplings or mochi and like, a, you know, a, those little, um, the candies you get Asian supermarkets with like the mascots on the label and that kind of stuff. So it's really cute. Um, it it would have been really easy to make this really depressing or to make this really um, saccharine. And it, it it has just a nice tone. Yeah.
0: So the next game that I played, I was not going in order of my personal shuffle. I uh, was just looking for something to fit my mood. Uh, And what I ended up picking uh, was a game called Trusting My Mortal Enemy. What a disaster. Uh,
1: (laughs) What a a, mood.
0: (laughs) I know. a, A title that has no less than three punctuation marks in it. Um so that's that's something and the the description here is an action filled comedy of super villainous proportions this is by story singer presents so i i picked this partly just because of the title i thought it was a cute sounding title it also sounds i mean like it, it it's a very sort of like uh anime light novel kind of title right like so yeah. i, I I, I thought it was going to be something I would probably dig. And I was absolutely right. It's the kind of light, fun story that I very much enjoyed. Uh, it's also a longer thing for the... So it's not two hours or anything, but I think it did take me about an hour and a half to play. It's over an hour long, uh, which is a little long for a kind of choice-based uh, thing like this, but I thought it was a really well-done well, well done story. Um, just to give you a little bit of a setup, uh, it's, a, it's a game about a... Uh, Two main characters. There is a, a hero who's sort of the, the hero, very, very uh, stereotypical hero of the city. She's this uh, superhero who can blast things with energy beams from her eyes and hands and things like that, called Lightbringer. Um, and there is, and her, her arch villain uh, is called Promethea, or excuse me, did I get that right? Prometheum? Prometheum, uh, who is a villain who creates. Chimera and other sort of science monsters, that kind of thing. Um, And uh, it begins with a a battle between these two. uh, And for the first time ever, Lightbringer is just about to take Prometheum in. She's, she's defeated her utterly and she's about to, (laughs) right. And she's about to arrest her or whatever it is that superheroes do. Um, and, uh, then you kind of, then she realizes that she doesn't want to leave town yet. She's part of some kind of, this is Lightbringer. She's part of some kind of hero agency. And if she wins, if she takes down the villain, she has to leave town. Uh, and she doesn't want to do that for reasons that become clear a little later in the story. Um, so I won't spoil them here, but she doesn't want to leave town yet for personal reasons. Um, and so she sort of whispers to the villain, like, I'll let you go. But because I, I don't want to leave town yet, um, but we have to meet tomorrow over coffee and plan our next fights.
1: Wonderful. <laughs> and so
0: the whole rest of the story is a sort of a cycle of these two, these two women. Um, and by the way, they are, they're unusual for a superhero story. Both are women. Um, uh, Lightbringer is an older woman than you would expect for a, uh, for a superhero story, uh, a, a significant A thing that comes up in the, in the story is that she's getting hot flashes because she's going through menopause. Uh, not something that you see in a lot of superhero stories. Uh, Prometheum is a younger woman, um, but they have a certain connection because they continue to meet over coffee, uh, and talk about, uh, you know, why they do what they do plan out their next week's big fight, uh, and then sort of play it for the cameras, uh, you know prometheum gets to live another day not get uh not get arrested and uh, lightbringer gets to stick around in town and not uh have to move on with the demands of her job um uh, and uh it's just sort of a fun story about the connection between these two women uh building you know where they thought they were they thought they were enemies but actually they're friends which is you know, uh, that's a story trope that always gets me, right? Like 100% of the time, if you have like uh, rivals become friends kind of story, I'm in, right? So I, I thought that the characters were were really great. Um uh, Prometheum in particular, I thought was, uh, was a fun villain. Uh, you learn a lot about her, uh, her reasons for being a villain and all of that. The writing is not exactly like World class. I thought it was fun writing uh, that sort of fit the superhero pulpy nature of all of this. Um, uh, I, I took some screenshots, but i i didn't I, I didn't end up getting screenshots of every any moments that I thought thought were like here's a, this great quote that I have to share. It's not that kind of writing. It's just it's really it's like a fun story that was a page turner. Um, uh, there were, there were a few moments where I thought, wow, that's a good, that's a good turn of phrase, or that's a good bit, but mostly it's just like really a nice, well-told little story, uh, that I, I enjoyed, by the way, in terms of its uh, structure, it is primarily a, it's very twine-like. I'm not hundred percent sure if they're using twine or not tech wise. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, but, um, but it's basically just like, uh, uh, text against, uh, photo, probably stock photo backgrounds to kind of indicate where you are in the story. So like a, you know, if you're having a, they're having a fight in a warehouse, there'll be like a a generic photo of a warehouse in the background to kind of set the stage. The different characters have different colored text to indicate whose sort of POV we're seeing the story from, because it alternates between Mm -hmm. Prometheum and, and Lightbringer. Um, and, um, the, uh, the choices mostly boil down to whether or not you want to trust the other character. I'm pretty sure this game just has two endings um, because of the way that it's phrased and also just part of the way that it's structured. Uh, so throughout the story, there are a few minor choices outside of this, but it seems like the big choices that happens. Uh, it actually very much like tells you what's going on because you'll come to a choice in the in the text where it will literally show like an animated gift that gif that says trust time. And then you have a choice that's about whether to trust the other person or not. So the the whole thing is about like, you play out
1: like a real time event, but it's, do you trust them?
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's like this, this big trust time gif, And then you have a choice of whether you're going to trust them or not. Do I, do I reveal my, my civilian name or do I keep it to myself? That kind of thing. Um, and, uh, I, I don't know. I, I played it through you know, like you do trusting all the way, which was, uh, the, cause that, that was seemed like the the way to go in this story. But I think the, there is a, uh, you know, a bad ending if you don't trust each other and a good ending, if you do, I think is pretty much the way it works out. So structurally like nothing, you know, astonishing here, but uh, I had a lot of fun going through it. Uh, and, uh, I'd recommend checking it out if the, if the story sounds like it appeals to you.
1: That does sound like a, like for the right mood, that sounds like, uh, perfect game for it
0: absolutely oh i'll also say I, I played it on uh on ipad it was perfectly fine on mobile i would definitely recommend checking it out there or uh or on a computer whatever you're playing on laura what's next for you
1: so i played sage sanctum scramble by arthur de bianca and mm, he fun. is uh kind of the puzzle guy like he's done i have called before and he's known for like uh, puzzle mechanics often like he'll come up with one interesting puzzle mechanic and you know make a whole game around it like he did the wand in the past inside the mm-hmm. facility um, more than I can't remember but but usually his his whole deal is like he you he plays parser games which is ones where you type in words to move forward, lack of a better word um, and they usually are like transformation games or like Oh, it's, uh, you're an archeologist and you're moving statues around, like really complex puzzles for, um, interactive fiction. So I, uh, knew that this was going to be the game that I played, and maybe no yeah. one else
0: did <laughs> <laughs> these are always the Laura games I, uh, I i I very much respect Arthur de Bianca's work, but every time I've ever tried to play one, I've been completely stymied by the the puzzles. Uh, I mean I, I've said this many times on the podcast i i'm I'm the puzzle dunce among us, and Laura is the puzzle queen. so uh, I'm glad that you. You took this hit rather than me. <laughs> well,
1: it's it's like um, it, it's practicing. So, like if you if you do the more puzzles you do, it, it's almost unfair. Like the more puzzles you do, the better at them you are. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's a very unfair thing. Like you're you call yourself a puzzle nuts, but that just means like. You haven't necessarily like, you don't spend random Saturdays like running around, Mark solving puzzles like I do. Yeah.
0: Well, what you're saying is apply yourself, Reagan. Come on. <laughs> uh,
1: it's okay. Like, <laughs> you have two children, I have puzzles. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We all use our time wisely. Um, so, this one, uh, Sage Sanctum Scramble, uh, was a really interesting direction for him to go in because it's like, getting a book of variety pack of puzzles. Um, You, uh, they all share a single keyword answer. Like um, they say at the beginning, like every puzzle will have a four to nine letter word as the answer. Um, But you're really just going uh, from room to room in this uh, kind of wizard facility, the sanctum. And each room you go into is there's a person there or a note or something. And you have to solve Keyword for the room. There's a lot of word puzzles, but there's also like drop quotes and substitution ciphers, or there's machines that transform words into other words, or there's a map where you're wandering around from northeast southwest and trying to find a hidden passage. Uh there's a room where you walk into and a guy's like, I like verbs that start with A, and then you start <laughs> naming them, and he's like, Cool, I need 30. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. you have to just type 30 words 30 verbs that don't end in ing that start with the letter a um <laughs> that was one of the puzzle rooms so like there's a huge variety um as you solve you unlock more and more and, like any good puzzle game they um they curve so like they'll start off and you're doing things like oh this one like a is one b is two c is three like you start off with that kind of stuff where like maybe the first letter of every word says a word and that's a keyword or literally fill in the blank. Like there's a limerick Can you solve the rhyming word. Um, But by the end, like there are machines that flip tiles or like um, crossword grids where all like it's the little squares where the whole thing is a crossword Um, or you are like a mime is, Pantomiming words, you have to figure out what she's pantomiming. Like it's it's wild hmm. the variety of puzzles. Um, but you always just type one word in. So you know you might be typing one word in thirty times, <laughs> hmm. or you might be uh, you know just going through and they they ask like quiz type questions, or you might be trying to fill in a blank. And it, this was a you know I love doing these puzzle games uh, with my husband, especially this one because it's so. Um, piecemeal. Like mm-hmm. there's no, like,
0: yeah, those are really the best kind to, uh, to kind of collaborate with somebody over. Cause you don't have to explain, okay, well, let me set the stage for you. Here's where we are. Here's every puzzle that's led up to this. Here are the mechanics that you missed out on that kind of thing. If it's, if it's sort of very, um, uh, modular, that's actually great for this sort of thing.
1: Yeah. And you can, like, we were, uh, in the route somewhere and we were on, um, you know, just kind of like, Oh, uh, What's the next word? Oh, it's what goes between um, rock, blank, gnome. Like, what's a word share between them? Or, like, you know, walk for two blocks. Garden. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Um, and, and also, towards the end, like, they do get quite difficult. So, I, you end up with 60 puzzles total. I solve 50. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a couple, like... If you know the answer to 46, you want to, like, hint me. That's one thing I will say. Um, The walkthrough is really just, like, coded, like, Rock Rock 13 um, things. You you paste in a decoder, and it'll just tell you what the keyword is. Mm. Um, I wish there was a better hint system. I understand why there's not, because every single room is so different that you'd have to have, like, an almost hint system for each room. But I do hope that if this game, like has legs after that that hint gets added just because often you would get the mechanic of like, you know, there's, um, there was a room where the trick was, um, there was a sentence and the first word, um, you would add a, uh, a single letter to get the second word. So, you know, the first blank might be lover and the second blank would be clover, you know, that you'd have to find a word that matches both. And we sat there, like there was a pirate one that we could not figure out what you could do to a sailor and do to a sail for like 12 hours. (laughs) Like we found it this morning and we were just like sitting there and we kept going back and it was an early puzzle so we knew the technique was easy. We just couldn't think of that word and we're blocked from moving forward. Luckily, there is no reason to have to do all the puzzles to beat it. The way this works is after you solve 10, you can go to the boss fight. But the more puzzles you solve the more likely you are to beat the boss fight and the le- less damage he gets to do. Um, I guess it's a minor spoiler, but like I, I don't... Considering it's all puzzles and I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, I think this mm. game would be spoiled if I told you solutions. But um, really, it's like like I did 50, so I got the raid of uh, uh, philologist. And like they said, like, by the way, you can even defeat this guy faster if you... Do all 60. There also seems to be some hidden content. If I had to guess, like, every time you walk in the room, like, there's, like, bands of, like, there's green robes and green envelopes, and then there's blue, and then there's pink, and then there's purple. And I, I noticed the colors kept changing, but I didn't do anything with it. And, uh, you know, in a puzzle game, nothing is, like, even flavor text means something. So I'm sure mm. if I figure out what those colors are cluing that there's like some little meta extra thing in it. But um, you that already That does know. sound like
0: the sort of thing that Arthur de Bianca would do.
1: Yeah, but you already know if you're going to play this game or not. Um, I think that it's, um, it is good to do on and off and it is really good to do save, come back later, see if you've, you know, because a lot of these puzzles are what I call insight puzzles there's plenty you can grind through plenty. You can solve with math or with words or with better vocabulary, but there are some that are just like, Oh, I need to, if I stare at this long enough, Oh, the word, like those words sound like numbers. Cool. Or like those words sound like letters. Like you're going to get it or you're not. And mm-hmm. staring at it longer, won't get it. So I think really coming back and forth, like that's why I wanted to play this at the beginning of the comp so that, I could be able to return if I wanted to do a puzzle or two for like five minutes, I can just look at the ones I haven't solved. Did I have a, a bolt for the blue of how to fix it and move mm-hmm. forward with my life? Um, so I, I do think this is a really, it's a really fun puzzle, extremely light on plot, but uh, very ingenious in the amount of variety. And if you, you know, it's something I actually thought my sister doesn't do in art fiction, but she likes puzzle books and she loves, like, crossword and stupid. So I was like, this might be a puzzle for her. She might not be into, like, a counterfeit monkey where it's, like, a yeah. really elaborate story, but this is just a bunch of puzzles. Like, this is something that feels really accessible if you're a puzzle.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a place for this sort of puzzle too. like, you know, when I think about interactive fiction and puzzles, I'm usually thinking about the, uh, you know, adventure game mode of puzzles, puzzles about, uh, you know, how do I open this door or that kind of thing? Yeah, um,
1: where in this room is the hidden secret of the love letter?
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. W- but like, having those sort of more, I guess, abstract puzzles, uh, you know, it's a really fun approach too. And I, you know, glad to see more of that. And, uh, you know, once again, Arthur de Bianca, like, you know, if you like Arthur de Bianca's games, but if you like them, you really like them. Uh, he is, he's a master of, of the, of the hardcore puzzle.
1: Yeah. And most of his games take one mechanic and get increasingly complex. What I really appreciate about this one is there are a ton of different mechanics so even if you're like just a word puzzle person, I think and you don't want to do any ones dealing with uh, ciphers or math, you can probably still do unlock all 60 puzzles, do the ones you think are fun and beat the boss. Like I I don't think a lot of games force you to solve all of the puzzles. And especially when they're variety packs like this, you might just not have any fun on some of them. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and I think it's important to be able to skip puzzles in a game like this.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Well, um, speaking of different types of puzzles, the other game that I played uh, was The Magpie Takes the Train, uh, which is, so if that sounds familiar, it's because it's an authorized sequel to a game that won the comp two years ago, uh, alias The Magpie. Uh, so, if you don't remember, Alias the Magpie was by J.J. Guest, and it was a uh, it was a parser based uh, uh, IF where you were. You're a, a master gentleman thief called the Magpie and you were breaking into a large English manor home to steal something I don't really remember what it was exactly now it's been a couple of years since I. A maguffin. <laughs> yeah, you were stealing something cool. Uh something very valuable and it had that great sort of Arsène Lupin like gentleman thief like uh climbing through windows changing disguises that kind of thing vibe to it and I had a lot of fun with that game. Um and uh uh Brian Rushton, aka MathBrush, uh, made a sequel, an authorized sequel to that game. Now, it's a lot smaller than Alias the Magpie, which was a large game that took place over the, over an entire manor house, but a very smart choice here. Um, MathBrush did this sequel as sort of like a micro scale, uh, version of that, that, that has a lot of the same elements in terms of obviously the same central character, but also, uh, you know, felt Feels a lot like that original game, um, but condensed to a single room, or in this case, actually a a rail car. So this is a a heist that takes place in a single uh, high class luxury rail car, uh, and you as the Magpie uh, are there to steal the Gavincian Rose, a, a a massive diamond or no, I'm sorry, ruby uh, that is worn by a. Uh, uh, a steel magnate named Cornelia Hogg, and so uh, the uh, the whole game is basically a puzzle of like, how do I get this diamond off of the the lapel of this fairly annoying upper class lady? Uh, w- w- you know, while she's sitting there in a in a rail car that I you know w- uh, and you're not even alone in the rail car. There's another observer there. Uh, or actually a couple, because there's like attendance and things that will come in and out as you're going. Um, I, ha- I really liked the way this puzzle was structured. Um, uh, I, it's basically one big puzzle, right? Cause you're just trying to lift this diamond and get out. Um, uh, I really liked the way it was structured. I did end up having to resort to looking at the walkthrough for a bit, um, because again, puzzle dunce, but I, I thought it was structured in a really good way that sort of naturally led forward for most of it for me. Um, So a couple things about it. Uh, this is stuff that isn't a spoiler, uh, that basically is like in the initial help text. You walk in with a suitcase that has several costumes in it. So again, Mm -hmm. this is very much like the original game. Unlike that game, you don't have to hunt through the entire manor house to collect costumes that you need for various purposes. You're coming in with a suitcase that has all of the costumes ready to go in it. Um, and it doesn't, upfront immediately tell you this, but it's in the very first line of help text. So I think it's safe to say Uh, an important bit of this is that the train occasionally goes through tunnels and it goes totally dark inside when the train goes through those tunnels. So while the train is going through tunnels, you can change costume. Uh, and so you have the opportunity to change costume and do something that you wouldn't, you know, like you can, you can change to, uh, to, you know, into a maintenance man outfit or into a pet groomer outfit, et cetera. And all of these outfits let you do different things in the rail car. The, the tricky bit is that there are there's a, you know, another person in there who is an observer. You have to figure out how to get rid of them. And it's quite complicated to figure out how to get rid of that person. Um, and uh, then you have to figure out how to essentially distract the uh the steel magnate so that she isn't able to you know detect you taking her jewelry um, and and doing that requires doing a bunch of things because uh, you basically have to address all of her senses you have to do something to occupy her eyes and ears and disguise your scent and so on so there's all sorts of little things you have to do uh, in order to be ready to take that that jewel but it, it's it's set up in such a way that you can just say like take the rose at any point and it will kind of tell you like okay what's stopping you from taking the rose. So um if you're stuck you can just try it. Try taking the rose and it will uh it will kind of tell you what you need to be working on. What are your barriers? Uh and that sure. really, really helped with the uh with the progress. So I really, really like the magpie as a character and I love costume changes as a puzzle mechanic it's just always fun i mean it 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 always sort of has this like ludicrous feel to it but it's also like it's fun to change clothes right so i, I is, love yes. i love that mechanic as a as a puzzle so if you liked alias the magpie um but you want something that will be a lot shorter this uh took it's listed as an hour on the if comp page um I think I took just a little longer than that, but it's because I spent a long time really stuck. So I think actually, if you didn't get stuck in the same way I did, it's probably less than an hour for many people. Um, I, I thought this was just a really, really fun game. Another little side note about this. This is something that, uh, MathBrush has done before making authorized sequels to other people's games. And it's something that he does as a prize. So we, we've talked about this before, but not in, not in this episode. Uh, IF Comp has a prize pool where obviously there's like, you know, there's an option to donate money to a prize pool that gets doled out to the winners. Uh, But uh, it's not just about money. Uh, Anybody can donate practically anything to be a prize that gets assigned to one of the winning game, one of the winning authors. Um, And you can donate like, you know, a book or a game or I don't know what else you might be into, but you can also donate professional services. And one of the services that you can win is uh and i think he's done this at least twice that i know of he uh mathbrush donates his service as a game author to make a uh sequel or spin-off or other game based on your winning game which is great cuz we get sequels to things that we've enjoyed in past comps and i'm sure the authors of these games get you know stoked to have like someone else uh play in their world um but like here it works particularly well because the magpie as a character was really just begging to be expanded on, or, you know, this is a perfect character for puzzle based. Uh, it's I like F.
1: watching knives out and being like, why are there not 50 of these with this detective? Right? Like it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I loved the magpie and I was excited to play this because I liked that game. And uh, it, this really lived up to that. It's uh it's a little different and it's, but it's got a similar tone. Um, it's a little less funny, uh sorry, Brian, you're not quite as funny as JJ guest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh it definitely had some good chuckles in it. And uh, the puzzle was really good. So I, I thought it was really clever and well done. So um definitely recommend, it particularly if you liked Alias the Magpie. But also you don't have to play them in any particular order. This definitely does not like continue the thread. Uh if you know what a gentleman thief is then you're ready to play this game. So don't feel like you have to go back and play that one game, that original game first, you could play them in either order.
1: Yeah. And uh, as you said, uh, these are just the games we've played in two days. We have two months, luckily moving forward. So uh, we only have four games this episode, but I think they're all very different. So um, I'm really excited to find the surprises in this uh, Hundred and four games. We just have a hundred yeah. left, Rick.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm I'm excited to hear from uh, from guests. That's gonna be fun. I'm excited to hear from my other co-hosts what they're playing. And I'm very excited to hear from our listeners. So if you are out there in uh IF Comp Land playing games and you find anything you think is interesting or, or worth playing, let us know. I mentioned this earlier, you can find us on Twitter at underscore short game. You can go to the short where we've got a contact form. That's a great way. If you want to write us basically, a, you know, an email, um, you can join us on Discord, and you can do that by, uh, by subscribing to our Patreon at even a dollar a month. Uh, you get instant access to our Discord, and you can come into our IF Comp channel where we're talking about games, and you can tell us all about why you think that whatever game you like best is the best game in the comp. We would love to hear about that. Um, and uh, I guess uh, we have some time to do what's making us happy this week, don't we?
1: Yes, we do. And I'm really glad because uh, I get to recommend a YouTube video, which I never do. Um, I'm really excited because uh, I uh, was a big fan of the Bon Appetit uh, cinematic universe before uh, everyone was declared racist for not paying people, um, which made me really sad because I liked uh, watching those videos. And uh, there was a woman uh named Sola, who was in so many videos in the background um, kind of answering people's questions and solving uh, problems and basically being a a super competent expert who didn't have her own show. Uh, She asked to be paid for being on screen and uh, didn't get paid, so she loved Bon Appetit. Uh, And uh, that's all the prelude for now she has her own series on another YouTube channel, and it is wonderful so i'm super happy that sola is getting paid uh, and that sola's show is super fun but the theme is it's called stump sola and she really liked uh, apparently like 60s game shows uh and she, her whole thing is being hyper competent so she's got two episodes out right now and the first one um they're like we're gonna be making mac and cheese in this episode but let's spin the wheel and find out how you're gonna make it uh, and it lands. This wheel has things like astronaut food and like make it scary and like, you know, just all kinds of weird stuff. And the first uh, mac and cheese lands on 18th century. Oh no. <laughs> it is, it's only 11 minutes long, including the entire introduction to this thing because she's just like, cool. I think I'm going to make spatzel with spelt because that's a, that's an ancient grain, and I'm <laughs> and then I'm going to make bechamel and add a lot more cheese because people die young back in, <laughs> in century. And she's like, and I'm going to cook it over an open fire. So she just then does that like, yeah, it takes her five hours, but it's more of a burn on the 18th century. <laughs> and the only time she kind of sucks is when like the fire pit breaks. Cause you're not supposed to make a fire in like a residential fire pit. Like you're not supposed to be cooking food over it. Um, so she has to like improvise with like a grill and some other stuff. But the second one is really, so the first one's like a proof of concept. She's just hyper competent and makes uh, mac and cheese over an open flame completely from scratch makes pasta does everything um second one is a seven course tasting menu and she spins the wheel and it lands on convenience store so she goes to bodega gets all of her ingredients and then proceeds to make a seven course tasting menu celebrating the bodega only with ingredients She bought the data like, oh, that's fun. Chips and Twinkies and Cheez-Its and Honey Roasted Peanuts. And it's it's astonishing how, again, if you like watching people who are good at their jobs and creative, uh, she's just like, yeah, this is what I'm thinking for my seven course meal. And she kind of taps stuff and like, you're just like, oh, God, like chefs are just better than us at cooking like they're on another plane of existence when it comes to cooking because they just completely radically can transform stuff and it's insane it's it's that one's more like 35 minutes and it's like yes this is exactly what we hoped would happen when you left what bon appetite like you get your own show and it is just like look how good i am at my job it is so entertaining
0: that's <laughs> so awesome. that's made
1: me super happy today
0: Wild. Okay.
1: Stump uh, Sola. Mm-hmm. That
0: sounds really fun. And I never really got into the uh, those those videos. I'd watch a few and people would send them to me. But um, right when I was getting to a point in my life where I was like, I would really like to watch some of those. They started, you know, the, the yeah. controversy around them began. And I was I like, know. oh, well, I guess. I and the want...
1: channel has been completely quiet as it should be. But it's really yeah. like a lot of the people on it, um, especially like Sola some of the people of color who wasn't being treated right. And it's wonderful to see her. Yeah. Uh, shine. It's great.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to check that out. Thank you for the recommendation. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm checking out something that's a bit in theme uh, with uh, this week, and I haven't, I'm not super far into it, uh, but it is definitely making me happy, so I thought I'd go ahead and share. Um, so... If you're if you follow interactive fiction, uh, you know you you're probably the biggest event every year at least on my interactive fiction calendar is IF Comp. But another very notable one is the uh, Zizzy or XYZZY Awards that happen every year, you can think of them essentially as like the the Oscars of interactive fiction. Um, and they're really, really well done and interesting. Uh, I'm not 100% clear on how. I know there's voting. I know it's online. I don't know 100% how the, the awards are are, uh, are managed. Uh, but they always do a great job of awarding some of the most interesting things in interactive fiction every year. And they have the standard sort of uh, categories like, like you have in awards shows. And um, the game that that just swept this year's awards was one that I hadn't heard about because I don't really follow choice of games very closely. Uh, and that was Creme de la Creme by Hannah Powell Smith. Um, and so it won uh, it won best writing and it tied with Zazzled, which was the uh, the winner of the IF Comp last year for both both best game and tied with Turandot uh, for best story. So it won all three of the top awards although there were a couple of ties best game best writing and best story and i was like if this one if this did that that big of a sweep i need to play this game mm-hmm. um it's a it's a choice of games choice Uh, choice script thing, uh, which means that it has the, the, the format where basically every page ends with a choice, which I really like. Um, and it can do things like stat tracking and so on in the background. But, uh, the, when I want, I didn't, I hadn't, I didn't really know anything about it. So I looked it up and I was like, wow, I can't believe I didn't know about this because it sounds extremely my thing. It's Mm -hmm. a, uh, it's a sort of, uh, adventure romance kind of thing about, a. Uh, a person you get to choose the gender and a bunch of other things about them, uh, from a family of sort of disgraced nobles, um, who is going to a high class, uh, finishing school for the upper class, uh, basically to try to redeem her family or, or his family, you can choose, um, to try to uh, either marry well or get a good job or something like that, because, you know, your family that was very upper class has fallen into disrepute for reasons that again, you get to choose. There's a lot of customization here. Um, And uh, there's a ton of fun characters uh, that you get to meet. Um, The the boarding school seems like a really fun setting. I'm not that far into it yet, but it's just a massive game. It's 440,000 words. Uh, which is just enormous. And it seems like it's doing a really good job with uh, like the sorts of like stat tracking things that choice script games can sometimes do very well. So Mm -hmm. uh, you can tap into a kind of a, a, a screen where you can see things like information about your character kind of like a running log of, of things that you've, you've set, but you also have stats for your demeanor. So like domineering versus accommodating manipulative versus direct progressive versus traditional, uh, you have skills like poise, intrigue, wit, flair, and spirit. And it tracks how, you know, how you're doing at all of those skills. Uh, it tracks a stat for your virtue and popularity,
1: Ooh. your
0: coursework grade, uh, and it tracks your, uh, your various relationships with, I think at least five or six, uh, named characters, uh, as well as like other people, like staff of the school and things like that. So it's, and I'm not that far into it, but it's, it's extremely customizable. Uh, it's doing a lot of like working the, the, the details of things like, you know, when you, when you make choices about how did your family fall into disrepute that gets worked into the narrative, uh, you know, you're, you're chosen gender and skin tone and uh and pronouns and all sorts of other stuff gets worked into the narrative for you and i'm just really really impressed with it so far so it's it's definitely a longer if work clearly like full novel length Um, but i would definitely and i'm not that far into it again but i'd really recommend checking it out because clearly it won a lot of awards people like this game Um, it's it's out on uh so Uh, choice of games releases on everything you can go to their website and uh, and buy the game there but like uh it's available on steam uh ios uh google like android um you know everywhere you can play games basically and it's on sale right now actually if you uh uh, normally I think it's $7 and I think because of the awards they bumped it down to $5 um, so I would 100% recommend checking this thing out I'm, I'm really enjoying playing this sort of long form IF work when I am in between um, these short games for the, the comp so I thought I'd recommend it
1: Wonderful. It's definitely a long game so I'm glad that we got to shout it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely it's not the sort of thing we'll probably be able to cover for the short game but uh, there it is uh, so, listeners, uh, we already mentioned where you can find us on the internet. I'll just reiterate real quick. Twitter at underscore short game. You can find me at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Uh, Laura, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash.
0: And of course, don't forget about patreon.com slash the short if you want to support the show and join our conversation on Discord. And we'll be back soon with more coverage of IF Comp. Uh, looking forward to it. And thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.